Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Comic Bookies podcast, a very special 155th episode here. Everyone live on YouTube, thanks for tuning in, and everyone downloading and listening, thank you all for the downloads and support. Myself, Mike, Mark, and Sean are all here today for episode 155, but we have a fourth person on the show, a very, very special guest. He joined us all the way back at the beginning of the pandemic in May of 2020. So he is back with us to talk about all the updates from over the past two years, his tremendous experiences at San Diego Comic-Con, and last and certainly not least, his brand new Kickstarter out right now. But indie comic writer, businessman, the hardest working man in comics, Mr. Victor Dandridge, thank you so much for joining the show again. How are you, sir? Man, I am so good. Uh, I'm not as jet lagged as I thought I'd be, but I'm getting there. Definitely getting there. Nice, nice. So, I mean... Welcome in. Welcome right, in. Yeah. Definitely, brother. Happy you're back, man. Yes. Good to be back. I mean, so let's just get right to it. So, I mean, two years. I mean, we know, we all know what the world looked like in May of 2020. We had no idea. Like, we were all had been inside for two months. Right. And, you know, you're gracious enough to come on and talk with us. But in those two years plus like what's what's new like what's been going on like we like we follow your story on instagram and twitter and stuff but just to have you to talk to us about it like what's new man well um the newest thing is uh, a series of deals um that kind of were born out of uh many many years of hard work uh, the biggest one is my announcement last fall that i've signed a first look an exclusive let me say that correctly an exclusive first look deal with aha media which is a development company out of fort wayne indiana with offices in la and uh i signed this deal to take everything from my imprint vantage and house productions is is open to being developed for film television animation video games everything so wow. in terms of being an indie guy like that is one of the biggest possible outcomes um, that we could achieve. And I'm super excited for uh, Matt and Laura and everybody that's taken a shine to what Vantage In-House has, has put together. Um, but that's that's towards the end of the last two years. Um, <laughs> to go backwards, man, it's been kind of crazy crazy like i've done everything from um relaunched uh, the trouble with love on kickstarter um which was at the time one of my biggest kickstarters um ever um thankfully that has been blown out of the water with the current kickstarter for the kindergartens i was doing virtual interviews or moderations with uh wizard wizard world right and i covered everyone from uh the the fresh prince of bel-air cast to amorosa to like i mean everybody like it was insane for 2.2 seconds i was the editor-in-chief of a relaunch for wizard magazine like literally created a, a first issue it was ready to go before the powers that be came in it was like hold up wait we got to do some other things before we find out a few months later that they were actually sold to uh fan expo comic-con um so like it's it's been a roller coaster ride over the last two years but i've loved every bit of it if i'm being honest Nice. The hardest working man in uh, comics. Yeah, you're <laughs> definitely explaining why that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, you know, those are just hops, hop skips along the way. You know, I did a 12-week artist residency at a charter school where I was a teacher, um, you know, teaching comic books to high schoolers uh, with a program that I've created. And it's funny, like, again, whenever I tell people, you know, what my job is, and they're like, you know, you make you make comics? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, oh, you work for Marvel and DC? I was like, actually, no, I've never done that. And they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, no, no, never gotten around to them. But I do all the other things, all the other things. I do got a quick question. I know 
Mike at, uh, kind of mentioned how we exactly knew how the world was back in May 2020. Right. And all this stuff happened. I mean, here we are, what, July 2022? Did you think all this was going to happen? Because either some people were going to take advantage of the opportunity or it was going to kind of cave them to a degree. Man, you know what? It, I think the the honest truth is for myself, and I only speak for me in this regard, I knew that I was going to figure out something because I'm always that guy that has to figure it out, right? Uh, my path in the business has been truly unconventional. And so when unconventional circumstances crop up, I'm more acclimated to dealing with it in that way. Um, it like literally the job with wizard was an example of that. Like I had worked for wizard for a while. I had been artist alley coordinator. I had done moderating for them, but we had parted ways for a while. And when I saw that they had pivoted into that virtual space, like I was like, well, look, you know, I didn't burn, burn that bridge. We might've had some rough, you know, edges on it, but let me go, you know, grab some tools and patch that bridge up as quickly as I possibly can, because that's, that's an outlet. That's a thing. And not only could I use it, they need me. So we, you know, we got on the horn, we made nice and I I've done, Oh my God, it had to be at least 50 of their virtual presentations. And like I said, we talked to a ton of different people. Like I think I started off, I talked to Max Landis, um, the the writer of, um, uh, what is that, World War Z. Like we were we were talking about all kinds of things. So from creators to um, celebrity guests, I, we did a special piece with, um, oh my God, one of my favorites. We did one with Clerks and it was with mm -hmm. um, Brian O'Halloran, uh, Marilyn Gigliotti and uh, Scott, um, Oh, what is Scott Scott's last name? I just lost Scott's last name. He's going to beat me up later. Um, <laughs> Scott, I love you. You know I do. Um, but I had orchestrated um, through some connects to have Kevin Smith and Jay Muse crash it. And it was That's fantastic cool. because the other guys didn't know he was coming on. And so when they both come in, they're like, oh, my God. Like, it was this <laughs> great reunion. So, like – Things like that are like that's my bread and butter. That's where I like to live. And so not only am I creating, um, you know, fun content for myself or for other brands, but I get to create experiences for other people. And that was that was huge. Absolutely huge. But, but yeah, I had no idea where this was going to go. I have been on record, though, saying that um, Comic Con specifically might need to rethink how they approach um, creatives, because in the two years that we really didn't have cons, um, a lot of creative creatives found themselves not needing cons anymore. And so cons need to find a new way to um, entice creatives to come back to them because there there was a lot of money that was being invested in comic cons from a creative standpoint and to you know figure out how to survive without them. Um, I think there's a lot of creators that are like, eh, I don't need to go back. And we don't necessarily want to see comic cons die, but so we've got to figure out a better way to see all mm -hmm. of us work together. I would say the same thing about comic uh, shops as well. Goes back to what you said earlier about how you, how you like kind of teamed up with that. What was the name of the company you said again? Excuse me. Yeah. You teamed up with the ones that you said was going to bring it like uh, to like motion picture and books or. Oh, like, oh, TV oh sorry. Yeah. Aha media. A H A. Aha media. Yeah. Aha media. A -A. Yep. Okay. Let me I'm going to, I'm going to record that. Um, is that something that you would say probably came to be because of the pandemic and how you have to kind of change up the whole style of how you reached out and how creators did stuff without con cons being around? Do you think that that's something teaming up with AHA? Do you think that the pandemic kind of led you to team up with them easier? Or is that something that you had in the works? Is it something that you were planning on doing 
down the line or uh, how did that come about? And if you want to elaborate a little bit more on like how cons might need uh, creators more than creators yeah. need cons these days. Dude, um, that is a brilliant question. And it's kind of one of those things where introspectively, I have to think about that for a second. Like, how did that come about? Um, it wasn't specifically motivated by the, the pandemic of sorts. So what, what happened was I was in talks with another uh, media company that I didn't fully go to work for, um, but they were interested in, in some of my stuff. But the deal that they were offering, I wasn't quite in love with um, – what that deal entailed because there were a lot of parts and pieces that they would have access to um, from the Vantage in-house universe that they weren't um, they weren't negotiating for, if that makes sense. So like as as I started in 2020 to really promote that all of the Vantage in-house books are connected, um, if you were to get access to one property, it kind of gives you back doors to other properties and they weren't really negotiating for that. So I was like, nah, I don't necessarily want to do this. But in in doing so, I reached out to my friend and mentor, Mark Miller. And, you know, Mark's Mark, I mean, who who does it better than Mark? Like virtually nobody. I mean, he's sold his entire imprint to, to Netflix and changed the lives of so many different collaborators of his. Um, so like, you know, I'm reaching out to him, like, hey, this is this was brought to me, but is this something that I should be thinking about? And he's like, absolutely, you should be on this level. Like, you should be thinking about this, like, here, here, here. And he introduced me to Scott Snyder, um, who was being repped at, at the time. Um, I actually don't know if he's still being repped by this person, so I don't want to say names and be wrong. Um, but I was introduced to his rep, um, you know, through him and everything. And, and they were just kind of like, yeah, this is what you need to be, you know, considering uh, moving forward. So it kind of, like put put that in my ear that my stuff was of a caliber that was open to it and what's what's really crazy is through circumstances you know outside of my own um aha reached out to me like they they were headed by um co-headed by matt mcclure who went to ccad which is a uh local arts and uh design college that i attended for like you know, a hot second, but we roamed in some, some of the same circles. Like we know a lot of the same people. So he would hear about me, knew who I was and was like, you know what? I think this guy's got the stuff. And so he approached me on a deal. And again, in, in terms of, they came to me about one particular project. And in terms of negotiations, I brought up the fact that like, listen, you can't um, say on a singular basis that you guys have made me successful in this arena because I'm working on XYZ and all these other places and spaces. Um, so I, I disagree with the, you know, the percentage of, of whatever you were going to get on the back end here because you can't say that it's guaranteed that it's because of you. And so he was like, you know what? That's a stellar point. He's like, how about we, we you know, craft a deal that includes everything? And I'm like, say word? He's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, see, now you're you're operating on the level that I'm trying to operate on, which is to not necessarily parcel out part, you know, parts and pieces of Vantage in-house, but to look at Vantage in-house as one large, you know, asset and how do we maximize what that is. So, you know, that's kind of how that came about was somebody put it in my ear that my stuff was worth it. I went to, you know, Big Brother and was like, hey, how do I do this? And he was like, here, let me show you, little kid, and gave me the right words. And within two years of his advice, I've signed a first look exclusive deal with a with a media company. That's awesome. That's wow. awesome. I mean, yeah. you gotta look out for the best what's best for your brand as well, you know, and you know, try to grow yours and 
man, just uh, I like how I like how they finally saw the vision that you and Vantage in house, you know, could bring to them. Yes. And how teaming up could really, you know, be beneficial for both of you guys, man. Awesome. Absolutely. And like they say, man, you know, recessions, we're going through hard times now. But they always say, like, on the back end of recessions and hard times that, you know, b- businesses are always built. You know, you look at mm-hmm. Airbnb, Uber, you know, Instacart. I mean, all these companies came out of, like, this, you know, 2008 crisis and whatnot. So, sure. it, you know, it, it, I love to hear, like, one of the podcast guests. And mm-hmm. like be living a dream and everything. So congratulations, brother. Dude, for thank real. You. And I even think about that too, because Vantage In House launched in 2010, which would definitely <laughs> be on the back end of the recession. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> yeah. 90% yeah. right. Right. Wow. Uh, so now uh, you don't have to if you don't want to, but yeah. is there anything from AHA right now? Like in talks, in the works, development, like anything. Like I, you know, give I can give say, us something. I can say <laughs> yes, there is. I'm not supposed to talk about it, okay. uh, which is always the hard part. <laughs> what what I what I can say is we've we've discussed a lot of different things. Um, they they actually have put into my head um, pursuing. I don't even know if that counts because we haven't technically signed anything that says I can't do that. So, okay, so what we'll talk <laughs> about is the trouble with love. Actually, they have a recommendation for a format they would like to see it in um, outside of comics and. I am I am absolutely inspired by it because I've only seen a comic property do this maybe twice. And so um, and and the last time that I heard of a comic property doing it, it was not too much fanfare. In fact, it, it's it's been laughed at for a long time. So the idea that they're like, no, nah, we think you could do this. Um, we think this is a very manageable project. It doesn't have to be huge, but we think that the impact of it would be like specific and, and dynamic. Um, let's try that. And I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm game. And it's actually forced me to learn uh, a brand new writing medium, uh, which is even better. Like anybody that puts me in a position where I have to challenge myself and learn how to do something else are the people that I want to be around, which is one of the reasons why I love AHA because they do put me in that position. They, they are like, listen, we know that you're, you're the hardest working man in comics, but have you ever thought of doing this and i'm like no i've never thought of that and they're like figure it out and i'm like yes i will you know because that's that's what it's all about um i do believe that um part of their master plan if i do say so is they're building me to be one of their their um I don't know their face leaders so that you know as they're moving forward because they're they're a relatively new company so they're building things themselves along the way but i get to be that guy that's like nah they're legit because look at what they helped me do like you know i help make them they help make me and we will make the next generation of of aha creatives that much better because collectively we will mean and represent so many different things um and and that's that's just beautiful to me nice Wonderful. Well, right. whatever it is, we cannot wait to, to see it, to hear like whatever. Right. <laughs> Would you At say the we biggest gave the fans? A, we gave the fans a little teaser though, so that definitely they have a little teaser. Definitely little teaser. <laughs> and with like all the different things that you guys do have upcoming, which eventually do come out, do you think the biggest challenges? Because now you're, you know, it's obviously getting bigger. Isn't just mm-hmm. comic books? Is it just basically pure fan reaction? Is that kind of the thing you guys are? worried about or what do you think is like the biggest challenges that can go into this no honestly i think the biggest challenge is the patience to 
let it happen as it needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we like the first deal that we had, we started working on last year and we still haven't actually announced that deal. Yeah. So the idea of having to sit on this for almost a year plus at this point has been hella hard because we're so <laughs> excited about this stuff. And the other thing about it, um, if I'm if I'm being honest, as a self-publisher, I can go from thought to, to product to distri- distribution like in a couple of days. Like it doesn't take me long to put something out into the world. So when essentially my hands are tied on what I can put out, that's a brand new experience. And that's a very tough thing to deal with when you are in act- actual creative control that you can just you know, put something out into the world. And then the challenge is, did you do it? Yes, I did. Well, in this space, no, I don't get to do that. I have to kind of allow a machine that I'm not necessarily as familiar with to, to run its course. That's been the hardest thing. And I think that's something that um, every creative that's out there that's like, man, I want them to make a movie or cartoon about my stuff. Y'all need to be prepared for what that's like. That in this space and place, there are people that can tell you, hold up, not yet. And you have to abide by that. That's so hard um, to deal with. But there's there's a benefit at the end if you can make that work. Right, right. Look at half the stuff that was, you know, announced at Comic Con 2024, 2025. Right. It kind of, I think, goes into like the same ideas that is, yes. hold on, we gonna do it eventually, right? Have to wait for it. Exactly. Like the guy, um, um, and I, we're all gonna know his name soon, I'm sure. But the guy that was that's playing Namor in the upcoming uh, Wakanda Forever. Yeah. How long ago was he cast as that and couldn't say anything? Like, mm-hmm. not until they they said like, yeah, Namor's in it and it's him. And then he could be like, yo, I've been told, like, I. You know, it's like he actually brought that up in uh, San Diego that when he got the call, he told his his girlfriend and his mother and that was it. And they've all had to sit on that for however long that's been crazy. Absolutely crazy. So speaking of Comic-Con now, you went totally, totally jealous. I have major, major FOMO seeing all the tweets and all of the Instagram posts on like from all the other sites, you know, like comicbook.com and IGN and all this, all this stuff. So. Kind of walk us through like like what are, like what are some of the highlights? Um, I know like when I went in like I think 2019, you know mm-hmm. it was you know a lot of the things were outside and inside. So how was it like set up like and then just kind of highlight some of the things that you really enjoyed about it? No, of course we were we were kind of back to to form. Um, a lot of things on the inside. There weren't as many activations outside, uh, mm-hmm. which I did miss because I love the outside activations. Those are some of the most compelling assets to a comic convention because it's so unique. Normally we go to a comic con and we're indoors and what's on the show floor is all you really get. I mean, yes, there's panels, but it's not like the uh, outside activations, but, um, I only did Hall H for Saturday, um, which of course is is honestly a two day event, right? So Friday you spend all day waiting in line, um, and that becomes its own fun thing. Uh, this year was something kind of special because the group of friends that we had made um, my first year out there that have become our Hall H crew, um, I was adding to that number by bringing in some other folks. So my uh, friend and uh, fellow creator Jean Paul Deschung came out, and then um, are you guys familiar with the YouTube channel Comics Explained with Rob Jefferson? I've seen it on like the, you, you know, if you watch this, you may like this, yes, but I've yeah, never yes. really dived into it. Yeah. Oh man. He's, he's fantastic. Um, big shout out to, to Rob on that one. Uh, 2.1 million followers or subscribers on his channel. Wow. Um, so dude gets it in, but, um, I had befriended Rob uh, again, somebody I met during pandemic times, um, for a hot second. He lived here in Columbus and we went out to lunch. We kicked it, you know, hit it off really well. And we've just, you know, stayed in touch and he was coming out there and he was like, yo, this is my first hall H. And I'm like, I'm making sure you 
get in. Like, <laughs> consider it done. So he had his crew, his his staff that was capturing footage of things of him while he was out there. And I had his crew and my crew link up to guarantee, like, we're all in Hall H. So I got to watch, you know, all the Marvel announcements with my man. And it was, it was such a cool thing um, to see him geek out, all the other people geek out. Uh, but yeah, so that's my that's the precursor to my Hall H experience. We saw um, Zachary Levi came out with the showcases from Shazam: Fury of the Gods, which was great. Nice. We saw a few of the cast members. Um, Lucy Liu was there; she's fabulous. Um, my crush for her will never go away. I, I don't uh, even know when it started. Like most of us, right? I'm like, <laughs> when did I fall in love with you? It doesn't matter. I'm still Charlie's there. Angels, um, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't even like. I feel like I knew her before then, but I can't pinpoint a single right. thing. I don't know. Um, and and the fact that Helen Mirren is going to be in it, um, unfortunately he- Helen wasn't there, but that's probably a good thing because if there's anybody that I love more than Lucy Liu, it's definitely Helen Mirren. So I would have listen. I would have I would have been trying to find. You wouldn't know what stage. to do with yourself, man. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. <laughs> just been chasing my own tail the whole time. Um, then of course you know Dad gets blown out of the water with the presentation of Black Adam, and you know right. Dwayne Johnson was there. Um, he brought out uh, Aldis Hodge. Um, uh, Oh my God, I can't even think of the guy and the young lady's name that are going to play Adam Smasher and Cyclone. They all came out. Um, it was it was brilliant. Uh, they actually showed us a clip. I gotta I gotta warn everybody. Like Black Adam is not going to be a sweet, soft movie. Like there was there was in this clip that we that we saw more people died. I think in all three of the recent Jurassic Park movies. Like. <laughs> In just this little clip, I think there were more people that died in than in all the Jurassic Park movies put together wow. recently. So there's some killing. Like he is not he is not a hey chum superhero. Like not at all. <laughs> and I know he's been saying that, but it wasn't until we saw the clip that we're like, yeah, nah. <laughs> he keeps saying like anti-hero. I was like, nah, bro, you're really a villain at first. Like you are you are murdering people. So that's that's an exciting piece. Um the Sandman. Oh my God. That show is going to be lovely. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely lovely. Um, Neil Gaiman came out. Um, he brought the entire cast. Everyone looks fantastic. It was amazing. Um, I got to give a shout out to um, Game of Thrones, uh, the House of Dragons. They they did a showcase, which was great. Um, there was a great one by Paramount Plus that showcased um, three of their Star Star Trek, sorry, Star Trek uh, properties. So Picard. Um, Sir Patrick Stewart was there. And of course, how do you not love that? Um, Gates McFadden was there, um, who I just worked with Gates um, at Fan Expo Chicago like two weeks ago. So like amazing to see her again. Um, Let's see. uh, They did Lower Decks and they did Strange New Worlds. So really great presentations. Um, There was a EW, sort of a women's empowerment panel um, that got crazy raw uh big shout out to um oh my goodness hold on i I gotta make sure i say her name correctly because she was given (laughs) she was given all the heat and it was it was insane uh dulce wait make sure i say her last name right dulce vita not vita not dulce vita uh dulce (laughs) sloan dulce sloan uh she's she's been on um uh what's the show with trevor noah um what is that? The Daily oh, Show. Daily yeah, Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daily Show. She's been on that. Um, she's mad funny, super empowering. Um, I, I low key feel like she'll beat up anybody. Like, give her cause and she'll throw hands with you. It'll it'll just be that. Um, and then of course we ended up with Hall H's, you know, creme de la creme of Marvel Studios. No, no diss to Kevin Smith who was afterwards. Um, and I love <laughs> Kevin. 
I've, I, like I said, I've worked with the clerks crew a bunch. Um, like uh, when I say a bunch, like a whole bunch, uh, but I didn't stay for that one because I was dead on my feet, like at that point and I needed to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Marvel studios one was it for me. Like that, that was the magic sauce. Like I will say before we move on to your Kickstarter, I, I will say what you, um, said earlier about, you know, the cons needing these indie creators more than, than, you know, I will say because I know two comic book store owners, including the one that sponsors the show, Treasure Island Comics, that because of a lot of this, you know, oh, well, we go there for the Hall H announcements. We go there for this panel. We go there for the exclusive Funko Pop toys, you know, like all of that kind of deters people away, you know, so they they kind of need to find a balance to where you have, of course, some of that. That's that's never going to go away. Right. But you also want to attract those classic indie creators and the people who haven't been there in a decade or 15 years to come back because, oh, my God, two of my favorite writers that no one knows about is going to be there. And I can right. help promote this guy or this per- or this gal, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing, like when it comes to that space and place, um, it, it is that thing where you have to recognize that. The building blocks for how our industry works um, need readjusting because of the pandemic. They kind of needed it before, but the pandemic really exposed it a lot. And it's kind of funny the way that this works is that in some ways, um, comic shops are like the the bears of all the brunt of everything. And I would say that they probably have the the highest need to change. Um, but it's it's how they need to change. And what I what I openly tell anybody that asks is um, comic shops need to move away from being publisher centric to genre specific. Um, so instead of having showcases for Marvel books, DC books, image books, or whatever, they actually have them by genre because like if you go to um, there's some print on demand spots. Big shout out to Kablam for having this listing. Um, my my local comic shop does it by publisher, and they have approximately nine publishers that they showcase um, in their general rotation. There's still a couple more, but like that you openly can see their logos up and everything is like nine of them. Um, Kablam shows that by going genre specific, there are 18 possible, you know, um, uh, demographics that you can reach into. So you could nab twice as many customers by showcasing by genre than you can by publisher. And, you know, how many different people would be able to come in and actually find new material faster by saying, hey, I like scary stuff. Do you guys have something scary? As opposed to, you know, having to be drawn to, oh, you got to find this image book or you got to find that Marvel book. And they're two separate spaces in the, in the you know, um, in the shop. If you can have it by genre, just like a bookstore, you go to that area and then you find what you love and then you stay there and then you get more stuff that you love. And it's all over the place. It's not one, um, you know, marketplace, you know, structure that chokes out all the others because they produce more books than anybody else. You're really finding a space for actual readers, which I think would be great. Um but Comic Cons need to function in the same way. They need to again look at it and say, if we're gonna have you know creatives there, um, what is the value that creatives are getting for you know coming to your show? Um, most of the time, these are these aren't free tables for a lot of creators. Um, and so, before I spend you know a couple hundred dollars uh, on you, tell me why I should do that instead of spending that same amount of money on some Facebook ads and get people to come you know buy my stuff directly. Um, what is the actual benefit? And to that degree, like, I think um, if I could be honest about that, I think that there needs to be more creator specific events, both before and after the show. 
um, if that's a breakfast, if that's a dinner, if that's, you know, anything that allows uh, us creatives to um, kind of integrate and move up in the ra- rankings a little bit because of who we've gotten to know by being at this show. I think that's the thing that needs to happen. It doesn't have to cost a lot, but it does have to be an, an actual um, designated plan that's going to make things more valuable for creatives to be there. Nice. That, that's actually a really good idea. Thank you. Bye. Um, Bye. Hold on real quick. I want to say something. By you saying that, it kind of makes me think about like our podcast in a way, right, Mike and Sean, because we talk about it. I mean, for what we are, I mean, we're creatives in a way as well, right? And we always say when we did that first Comic-Con, our San Jose Comic-Con, and we did that little podcast of Palooza, it's like and then the, the pandemic came around and it actually killed that for us because we had like mm-hmm. plans of hitting up more cons and like trying to like you know, uh, hand out flyers and like, just get our name out there. Right. And we thought like the best way to do it would to go, would to go to cons. So like, we felt like, man, like cons would be really, really beneficial to us as podcasters, but it's like crazy to hear you say like, but you being in another type of creative space that the tables have shifted a little bit. So that is pretty crazy that you say that. Well, yeah. I mean, even for you guys, like it would have been great if anybody that you had, a press relationship with, right? Like as a podcast, if you've built a press relationship with a convention and they've recognized like, hey, we're not providing the same platform as we used to, but we can still give you the same contact access. They still have a lot of creators, you know, email addresses and things like that. How hard would it have been for conventions to hit a mass, you know, email blast out to their creators and go, how many of you are still trying to do interviews right now? Like we know you would, you can't be at the show, but how many of you are still trying to do interviews? Here are some of our press guys that we reach out to or bring to our shows Y'all should still keep the the energy flowing and going so that way there's more to talk about when you guys get to come back to our show, whatever that might be. Use your platform to build relationships. That's what conventions should be doing. And I didn't see anybody really do that. So, you know, that's that's something I thought was a was a big missed opportunity. I will give Wizard World their credit. Um, they did try to open up a sales platform through their website um, for creatives in spite of the pandemic. And they would try to do things where you would get a, a shout out on some of their virtual events and things like that if you if you set that deal up. Um, they were like some of the few that I saw did anything like that. But to reach out to you guys as well and go, hey, here's a list of you know creators that are open for doing interviews during this time, boom. Now you still have content, they're still getting out content, you know, and and with that sort of loyalty move, how many of you wouldn't still go back to a convention because they hooked you up like that once everything is cleared up? Like right, right. Right, exactly. So let's get right into the meat and potatoes of why you're here, sir. Your new yes. Kickstarter right now, the Kindergartians. Please uh, give us a quick synopsis. Uh, tell the fans how they can uh, support this uh, Kickstarter. It sounds really, it sounds really, really cool. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I love the kinder- the name. Thank you, thank you. That one I, I'm super proud of. Very creative. Uh, <laughs> I like it. The so, Kindergartians. Yeah, I, just had a, I, I have a daughter going to first grade, so one just got out of kindergarten, so. Listen, she's still she's still in the, she's still in the web. She's still in the web. This is definitely right. for her because literally when I first created this book um, in 2014 with Justin Castaneda, uh, my daughter was in first grade, so she was actually like my my reading buddy to make sure that this was um, age appropriate because I didn't write down. I I still made everything conversational, so as long as she could understand what was being said, 
I was like, cool, we're on we're on par. Um, but the Kindergartens is essentially Muppet Babies meets the Justice League. It's sons and daughters of the world's greatest superheroes um, that are going to a specialized school to learn how to become the heroes of tomorrow, but having their own little misadventures along the way. And it, it's it's again to take you back to that Saturday morning feeling that we all had. Um, that's what this book is. It's a Saturday morning cartoon in comic book form. The only thing that it's missing is your favorite bowl of cereal. Um, we we've, we've got. 10 title or 10 issues, I'm sorry, um, of this series. Um, we're collecting the last half in a trade paperback called Try a Little Kinderness. And it's it's just fun and beautiful. Um, the second half of things, because we, we've we had uh, the first volume out since 2017, um, which has gotten a lot of love over the years. It's won um, awards, uh, the Space Prize, Small Press, and Alternative Comics Expo. We won or tied for first place for a web series um, that we had a spinoff of from this one um and we're collecting pieces from that uh this one's gonna actually premiere uh issues eight nine and ten which have never come out as individual issues before um six and seven did um and we actually had a piece inspired by some of the turmoils of the last two years um specifically uh the the death of george floyd uh we did a, a special commentary book called what matters and using the perspective of kids to talk about um, police brutality and and the concepts behind the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and and I, I say that very specifically because what we weren't trying to necessarily do was to sponsor any particular organization, but definitely the understanding of the movement itself. Um, in fact, we actually offered that book for sale and all the proceeds from it, we donated to different organizations that were about, um, you know, affecting police brutality or um, disenfranchisement of, of BIPOC people. So it wasn't a matter of, of specific organizations, but the concepts um, behind what the movement was. And that was that was a huge pleasure. Um, in fact, like I, I got to give a lot of love to Justin because where that story came from was him feeling displaced and wanting to say something artistically, but not knowing what to say. And together we came up with this short story that um, moved a lot of people, which we were very happy about. Um, so that one's going to be collected in this second volume. Um, but again, the eight, nine and 10, the thing that I love about that is it's our first time doing a full uh, continuous story over multiple issues. Um, we actually will have a huge story play out. It's one of the biggest stories. We're introducing a brand new team. We got all kinds of stuff coming. So this is going to be a huge campaign. It's literally the biggest campaign that I've done um, through my imprint uh, ever, actually. Um, right now it's standing at I think we just got, we did, we just got our, our hundredth backer. Um, big shout out to Jack on that one. Uh, we're at $5,600 uh, and we still got 11 days. So we've rolled out, you know, our first phase of stretch goals, um, which we've already hit the first one. And it's, it's amazing. Like I'm very, very lucky um, to have found a collaborator like Justin to work with. And the work that we've done has just been absolutely brilliant. I almost feel right now you're planting the seeds for a future animated series right here. What? You think that's a possibility? Man. No. What? Man. <laughs> no, I didn't say. I, I didn't say. I mean, but if you feel, <laughs> if you think that there's a chance that this could live as an animated series, man, uh, I would love to hear people, you know, respond with how cool a show could sound uh, that's called The Kindergartens. I, I'm just saying, like, I would love to hear that, you know. Right. I, you know, I'm sure it, AHA would love to hear that, too. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, because We've had like the Muppet Babies. We've had like uh, you know, DC superhero girls. You know, they're right. in school. But you know what? Yeah, I don't think we've ever had. Hmm, 
Yeah, that's something to throw out there I for like sure. Saying, like you got it. peanut butter, you got jelly, but you put them together, and it's a sandwich. Hey, so the TCB better get it for sure. Invite to the <laughs> premiere whenever that happens. Of oh, course, yes. of course. <laughs> Listen, there could be no premiere without you guys. We got you. Oh, nice. No doubt, no <laughs> if doubt. if that were to happen, if that were to happen. <laughs> now that's one thing I want to say too is 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 I saw the tweet you know a few weeks ago before we set up this interview, and you know. Just to give yourself a pat on the back, I, I really appreciate you reaching out to us because I because I saw that the, the handful of Twitter you know handles that you tagged and and these people have thousands, ten thousands, a hundred thousands of followers, and and you still included us. So to like not yeah, we interacted you know tweets and everything over the last sure. couple of years, but but in, in between actual interviews, it's been over two years. Uh, I think I speak for all three of us when we, I, I really appreciate you you know still reaching out to us to to help promote this. No, no, it's no, awesome. You- you got to understand that that's part of the plan, right? Because just like I was just saying, if if I'm not doing what I can to put you on other people's radars, then I'm not doing my job as well. You know what I mean? So like, okay, sure, there were some some arguably you know bigger. We'll we'll put those quotes in super hard. <laughs> bigger names on there, but they should know who you are too. You know, because again, it, this isn't necessarily about competition. This is about, you know, opportunities and experiences. And if you guys can come up with something um, that they see and go, oh, man, these guys are awesome. And, you know, we, we can collab on something like that's what it's all about. So it was it wasn't just about promoting my stuff. It's also putting you on to other people's radar and vice versa, because that's what the job should always be. Oh, yeah, for sure. Appreciate for sure. that, brother. For real. Anytime. Anytime. Is th- now with Kickstarters, there's, you know, if you pay this much money, you get this, you pay this much money, you get that. Um, what are some of like the special, um, you know, uh, goodies that people can expect if, if they're going to, you know, sponsor not just five or $10, but into like the, you know, triple digits and stuff like that. Um, actually if in the triple digits, we only have one specific thing that we are offering and that is a custom sketch from Justin, uh, oh, wow. featuring your favorite mainstream character, partnered up with a kindergarten. In fact, his, his, uh, <laughs> his oh. sample on there is a piece of Wolverine and our, our rough and tumble kid cub. <laughs> nice. And, uh, it's cub and bub. And that's what he called. It. And I was like, I <laughs> love this. This is amazing. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of fun. We really love that. Um, but generally speaking, what we're aiming for is really to push the second volume, um, which is, uh, I think that's a $25 tier. Um, cause we're, we're trying to get as many people to read that as possible. We understand that not everyone is familiar. So we also offer volume one along with that. So you can get volume one and two for 40 bucks, um, through this. And, um, you know, that's, that's been the one that's been the most popular, which has been fantastic. Um, it's our exclusive add-ons that I think are getting people though. Uh, we've got one that is, uh, an exclusive t-shirt. Um, and actually I had a, a mock made up, uh, that I wore with me to to uh, uh, San Diego, and it's it's a great shot of the kindergartens and two of the teams that are featured in the second volume. And I had a scanned uh, QR code on the back that said "Scan me," nice. and I'm just walking around, and people would, you know, oh, let me see yeah. your, where does that take me, and up scan it, find out. And that was fantastic. So people will get those. Um, we've got uh, sticker sheets that are custom. We actually are doing a black poly bag of the What Matters story, much in the same vein as uh, the Death of Superman, um, which is the series mm-hmm. that got me into comics, which is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year, which is crazy that that's, I've been in this for 30 years. It's so crazy to me. But uh, we're doing a black bag of that. And then, of course, the commission piece. Um, we, we did just do, actually, let me add this one. We did a add-on of uh, variant cover of issue one uh, because we did just announce that uh, with the first look deal of AHA, um, the Kindergartens is included in that consideration. So we're not specifically saying what we're doing, 
but mm-hmm. it is a part of that first look deal. So if there are any spec market guys that want to jump on and grab a special issue of number one, uh, this one will be signed and numbered. Um, it's limited to 500 copies. Um, and I think they're only like seven bucks, um, but you're, you're limited to four. I think we said you can only have four of them right. on your order because uh, we're not trying to have people go all ham on that one because um, my mom would do that. She'd buy like all of them. I'm like, oh, you know? She's like, nah, I got these, son. And I'm like, mom, let me get right. some of those. She's like 10 bucks a piece. And I'm like, really? You're going to upcharge me? She'll like, flip them. Hey, listen, she's a hustler. She's a hustler. I get it. I will say I do have my black vinyl uh, bag from the Death of Superman. See? Unopened. Still has wow. the, the, the armband in there. I still have That's it unopened. That's what I'm talking about. That's so, be- so before we let you go, we have to sprinkle in a little sports. Uh, did you see the story, what, about the, maybe three, four weeks ago of possibly UCLA and USC joining Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, wait, wait, Iowa, wait, wait. in the Big Ten? Wait, 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 wait. The. The. That's right. Oh, that's right. Yo, we sued Sorry. for Trademark. that. We sued for that. We need that D in there. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh, baby. Trademark now. Get it yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy, we, we crazy that. news. I, I, I am excited for the possibilities. There's a lot of people that are worried about what that's going to do for the SEC. Um, listen, when it comes to conferences, it's hard to argue that the Big Ten isn't something huge, right? Um, yeah. You know, I, wait, are they in the SEC or are they in Pac-10? Which which one was UCLA? Or Pac-12. Yeah, yeah. Or Pac-12, Pac-12, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, that's what I meant to say. Um, it, it's, it's hard to argue that the Big Ten isn't something – of a, of a showcase. I mean, it's just one of those, those institutions where there's not just one dominant school. And that's the, that's the thing, right? You know, in a lot of these other conferences, you'll maybe have like one, two, three dominant schools, but the big 10 has consistently shown over the last few years that like every school has a position, like sure. There's a weak leak in there somewhere, but like everyone kind of is a, yeah, like that's mm-hmm. the thing. And if you really want to get, you know, some eyes on your on your students um, and really have some consideration for their play, you got to go where everybody is a beast. And the Big Ten is really that space. So I'm not mad at it. I know there's a lot of people that are like, no, nah, that's messed up. I'm like, yo, we're 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 solid like that. I'm, I, you know, no diss. I'm, I, the only thing I ask is that we never change the name from Big Ten. I don't care how many there are in it. Never right. call it something else. It's I always been like 14 right now. I right, right. Yeah. <laughs> big 25 I, is like, no, it's Big 10. No, Big 10, sir. Big 10. We'll call it Big 10 Plus, maybe. That's but that's right. it. That's Big it. 10 Plus. Was it a streaming net? It's, it's a, exactly. that's, that's a streaming service. Exactly. <laughs> big 10 Plus. Uh, all right, Victor. Um, uh, we we greatly appreciate you jumping on with us for a second time. Uh, please uh, sh- shout out all your handles for your uh, social media so people can follow you and follow your journey. Uh, and then please shout out your Kickstarter again so people can go and uh, back this thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys can find me at Vantage In-House on all forms of social media. That's V-A-N-T-A-G-E-I-N-H-O-U-S-E at all in one word. Um, you can also find me at VantageInhouse.com. Um, that's our website. So you can see all the different projects that we have coming up and coming out. Um, definitely look for the Kindle Guardians on Kickstarter. Um, it's all ages. Uh, so it's for the kids you know, the kid in you, or the kids that you want to be. So let's go. Let's read some comics, y'all. Let's 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 do it. Nice. Well, thank you very much, Victor. Uh, best of luck to you in the future, and we hope to have you on very, very soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. We appreciate you, Victor, and good luck, brother. Thank the, you. The hardest working man in comics. That's it. It, was That's it. It. it was a pleasure to have you, brother. Always, man. Always good to be back. Before Always. two years. Uh, yes, yes. Let's we not make it. it two years next time. <laughs> <laughs> and congratulations on everything, brother. Thanks, Mark.